Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to DNVR Buffs Live. RK here with my guy, as I call him, Professor Dre. Because last from the past. He, he brings, uh, brings the knowledge. Mm. Jake... Also known as Jakob, as I've been calling him lately. <laughs> the Sean um, man. He is on his way back from Utah, so we were wishing him the safest of travels. Safest of travels. He waited for a gorgeous day to break out yep. to make the voyage. Smart. It also, is smart. It is smart. If you're going to drive any direction out of Colorado or into Colorado, that one is by far the prettiest. Yes. Prettiest tied into most treacherous as well. Uh, yes, yes. It's kind of like the Coach Prime experience. Most entertaining by far, most enjoyable on and off, but the news cycle never ends. People are going to talk stupid shit about your program every single day. They're going to overreact and lose their mind at every single bit of news. Yep. So. Yep, it's kind of like driving into a storm in Utah. <laughs> so true. You it's going to be beautiful, but you never know what you're going to get. I got to give a shout out to uh, some of the student media guys who came out to Utah for the game. And I was talking to them afterwards, and they're like, yeah, we're driving home tonight. And I was like, oh, that, that actually sounds nice. Like, they just can leave whenever they want, drive through the night. They'll be there tomorrow morning. And then I saw them post a picture uh, of their travels. <laughs> It was just like no visibility. I'm like, uh, count me in on the plane, actually. Yeah, that's rough. That's uh, best laid plans. I've done it many a times, the old Thanksgiving week roadie. And, uh, you know, yeah. our country has a vast weather. <laughs> All right. Let's start with the quote-unquote headline news of the day. And I only call it that because it's the only thing that's really happened today. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is that linebacker Marvin Ham has entered the transfer portal. Of course, Marvin Ham was a holdover, one of the few, the few, the proud, um, who made it through spring ball with Coach Prime. Yeah. Um, was praised heavily uh, by Andre Hart, famously in a fall camp post practice interview, said, if we had to play today, he'd be my starter. And. When push came to shove and they got out there week one against TCU, Marvin Ham was the starter. Yeah. Um, but really, once Juju Mitchell came onto the scene, he was kind of moved out of the picture. Um, and obviously, by the end of the season, he wasn't playing at all. Yeah. Um, but Marvin Ham intends to transfer. Probably for the best, right? Like, uh, we want him to go on and seek better opportunities if... Yeah. Uh, wasn't quite working out. How are you feeling about this linebacker unit right now, though? 
Well, I think that's what we want to get into next. Uh, but I will say I wish the best for Marvin. Yeah, um, big time. Four-star recruit in his day. Uh, so a talented player who is smart. Um, and I think he'll actually have a lot of success. I don't want I hate to say that. But, like, if he went to, like, the Mountain West, he would tear it up. Um, I can see it. That doesn't mean he can't go Power 5 because the portal is a crazy place. Portal's the wildest of places. I really liked how T Woods filled in on that second second layer of the defense as the season progressed. Yeah, that's an interesting one. one I know. They kind of so let's talk linebacker because yeah. I think it's important, kind of easy segue after the news of Marvin Ham transferring out. Um, there is a need there. Yeah, it's one of those units I never quite figured. Like, I knew exactly what the plan was going into every week. Yeah, and I think Juju Mitchell was the answer. And for reasons unbeknownst to me, or I assume you, um, he... <laughs> be a shocker, huh? Yeah, it would. you were like, oh, knowledge. you don't know? <laughs> right. um, he fell into the doghouse and never came out. Um, and... It's an unfortunate underlying storyline of his college career as a super talented player who never stuck anywhere because it, at least some of the time was issues with the coaching staff. Yeah. Um, but without him, the linebacking core really lacked teeth. Yeah. I would say. And it was almost like, let's just hope they're lined up right. Yeah. And that's why Trevor Woods mm -hmm. was needed there. Because Trevor Woods is a super smart, super heady player yeah. who's certainly not the size to play linebacker, but nope. was getting those guys lined up correctly, was communicating with both sides mm -hmm. in front of him and behind him and helping the defense. I don't, I don't think Trevor Woods is a long-term answer at linebacker. As much as... It'd be he, a hell of a schematic choice. I mean, you need to embrace that all around. And I think maybe they were almost forced into it, mm -hmm. as you're saying. But also because earlier in the season, it kind of was like, yeah, the only guys making tackles in space are Shiloh and Trevor. So yeah. why not get Trevor closer yes. to the line of scrimmage and kind of create a buffer before they get to Shiloh, you know? Yes. Because they were just, they were just struggling to get their tackles in the middle of the field get those tackles in at the second level of the defense. Yep. I just don't know if he has the frame. There are some no, I don't, safeties I don't. that you look at and you're like, oh, he could easily throw on 20 pounds and be a linebacker. Yeah. Um, that's not Trevor. He's He was honestly a little bit undersized at safety. And I don't I don't think you can just say, like, Trevor, add weight. There is a chance that they, that they move him back to safety um, with Rod Ward going out. But... They've had a lot of success recruiting there, a lot of success in the transfer portal there. They're always going to in the defensive yeah. secondary. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to be the answer for Trevor. But, well, everyone that watches this show knows I love Trevor. Yeah. He's kind of stuck in between right now. Yeah. So at linebacker, this team needs, I feel like we overused this word, but this team needs a dog. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're going to have five DBs most of the time on the field, which the way Coach Prime's building this outside in and with all the talent they're able to bring in at DB, I kind of think it, it makes logistical sense to devote most of your starting resources to the defensive backfield if you can afford it. Um, then that does put a little extra onus 
on the linebacking core to like when to make the tackles, to read yeah. things right, to fill those gaps and really be that bridge to those five DBs back there. Yeah, I mean, when when you're thinking, Bentley did it a little bit at the end of the season. But he did. When you're thinking about the the linebackers like knifing gaps and making yeah. plays in the backfield, it it wasn't really happening, especially yeah. without Juju until Bent last three games of the season. I thought really came on. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some young guys in the fold, so you have Kofi Taylor Barracks, the Londoner. Uh, and Morgan Pearson was a freshman last year whose tape we really liked. Wow. So there, there's options there, but I think this is a position that Colorado needs to address in the portal. And then that leads me to my overarching point about this, which I cannot believe we are at this place in college football. Dre, when we talk about the NFL and we talk about linebackers in the NFL, what, what do we say? This might be too broad of a question, but I can help you if you don't know. What we, we need say. three down no. linebackers. <laughs> what we say is they're they're not valuable enough. You don't draft them high. Oh, yep. You don't spend yep. big in free agency. Yep. Yep. We're talking about positional value, yep. and I cannot believe that we now have to talk about positional value in college football because <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Getting players out of the portal oh, costs God. money, and so. We're now at a place in college football where we're saying, like, ah, you're going to have to spend your resources on tackles, edge rushers, and corners. That is wild. It's insane and scary. And lots of fun. Kind of fun. Yeah. But goes to the overarching point that I've made a million times that Colorado needs more resources in there. If literally if we're going to spend on linebacker, like I that's the actual dilemma here. It's also been a minute since we had like, I mean, now I'm going to say this and someone's going to jump in the chat and be like, Isaiah Simmons or something. But like that, like Manti tail, like linebacker that just like ruled the college football world, you know, like in the college game, that linebacker has kind of lost some juice. Like the star linebacker is less of a thing than it used to be. Nate Landman. (laughs) <laughs> Nate Landers, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, there was there. Oregon has had a couple guys. Um, Troy Die. Troy Die was awesome. But um, again, like not exactly Dick Buckus of his era. No. <laughs> I don't know that in twenty years you're telling the story of like Pac-12 football in the early <laughs> 2020s and it's like you can't not tell the story of Pac-12 football without talking about Troy Die. I think your point is like, correct. That's a pull. There was a kid at Clemson when they were really good. Sure. Isaiah oh, Simmons? No, not him. Isaiah Simmons was like their Swiss Army knife, not like their yeah, do it yeah. all inside linebacker right, who was right. going oh, sideline to sideline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it was your classic white linebacker yeah, with a bunch of eye paint or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember him well. I remember getting questions. Probably about drafted by the Raiders. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Scooby Wright getting some like real award buzz back yep. in the day. Yep, Arizona. Yeah. You're right though. There's not a the dominant linebacker has fallen out of football. You want to know why? Because it doesn't make money. Yeah, it's a perimeter game. We've lost star backs as well. Yep. A wide receiver has won the Heisman more recently than a running back has. That's a defender has also won the Heisman more recently than a no has been a finalist more recently <laughs> okay. than a running back. Okay, has. yeah, 
Uh, it's weird. I mean, in the end, everything comes back <laughs> to dollars and cents. No, I, like, I needed that correction. Like, Sometimes I've got stats in my brain. I can't quite get it right, you know? Was it like Charles Woodson? Like a graphics department. I forget who was a finalist recently. I'm just saying like the only, like to Someone, win it. Yeah, no, Charles Woodson is the only one to win it, yeah. Got Rocky. Dominican Sue. Uh, yeah, so anyways. Um, I don't know, like, I don't, it's a need that scares me, but I also guess the value of the players on the portal is going to be lower because they're a low value position. Could you see the entire room reshuffled? Like Woods aside, who's kind of a hybrid anyways, how many of the linebackers on the two deep right now, you mentioned some young guys and we can presume they'll get their shot. Yeah. Being and I like those guys. The the Bentleys, the guys who are here a year. How many of them are actually back on this roster? Marvin Ham's already left. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Juju, I think, is out of eligibility. Um, hey, you're going to have quite a few new names. I wouldn't be surprised. Jeremiah if, Brown sticking around? I think so. Okay. Yep. And we're still figuring out him. JB as, is a good one to, to mention. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought him up because I like JB. Mm -hmm. um, he's fast. Good first step. Same. Um, I think if he, he's been moved around a little bit in yeah. his college career. Yep. Uh, and I wonder if that... I don't know. I, I I always liked him on the edge. I know. To be honest. I know. Yeah. Um, Again, positional value. Like, right. He pops with that first step. That's where he's going to give you the most. Yeah. Where it's going to be most valuable. But I think JB will be here. I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor Woods transfers. Hmm. And the only reason I say that is because he's in a small group of players who has their free transfer available to them. Yeah. Um, Like a guy like J JB is out of right he would have right. to graduate which it's i wouldn't be surprised point. if he did but that's the interesting thing about this roster and it was one of the things i talked about back when it was assembled was your the importance of hitting on transfers is more important than hitting on recruits because recruits you can just add, you can you know just do the hey it's not going to um we'll check on that in a second but you're, with a with a freshman you can say hey you know got we're out of uh we're out, we don't have any place for you and they can just transfer with a transfer you've got a hit because it's not as easy for them to transfer and they might be like well i'm not going to go sit out somewhere the commitment's more binding in yep. some ways so it looks like we do have breaking news from the uh, i mean jake's favorite Pete Samel, as he calls him. Yes. Pete Samuel, some of us uh, like to say. Uh, he says, yeah, sources San Diego State has targeted Colorado OC Sean Lewis as the school's next coach with the deal expected to come together soon. Lewis was a successful head coach at Kent State, blah, blah, blah. Um, San Diego State, worst season in a really long time. Was that Brady Hoke? It sure was. Wow. Yeah, so a man who built his reputation at San Diego State goes to Michigan. Absolute disaster. He was the coach when the Nard Dog was the quarterback. Denard Robinson? Do you remember oh, him? Do I remember Denard yeah, I mean, Robinson? People are the man like, played with his shoes untied. Like that's a, a gen, an entire generation idolized Denard Rob the Nard Dog. Yeah. 
I don't uh, think anyone <laughs> called him that except you. But <laughs> uh, no, it makes sense though, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he then came back to San Diego State. Horrible season. It's a really interesting fit for Sean Lewis. Boy, that's a great place to recruit. I tell you what. This is great news for Colorado on several levels. Give it to me. Level one, the most basic one, especially since this whole segment has been about money. Money. Sean Lewis is going to get paid at San Diego State. <laughs> that means we don't have that to That means we track. get that good old offset language. <laughs> Let's go, uh, Which is really important because Sean Lewis was the highest paid assistant coach in the history of Colorado football. Oh, my gosh. So... And as you may or may not know, no, I kid. It's been the biggest topic of Colorado football for the past two decades. Pain assistance, kind of a huge deal at this program. So yeah. being able to get that offset language, massive. Yes. So that's the big that's the big one. But this one I don't believe is um less important. You don't want to be labeled as a coach killer. Um, now a lot of people label oh. players as that, oh. but if How Sean Lewis, this angle, great angle, Sean Lewis had every reason to leave Kent state to come to Colorado. He got a raise in pay, got a great opportunity. He got to coach Shador Sanders, got to coach with coach prime, etc. It didn't work out. Had Sean Lewis fallen to the depths and gone into obscurity. We all know that right. everyone would have blamed coach prime for that. Yep. Right, right. The fact that he actually goes from Kent State, takes a title demotion, yeah, then gets a literal demotion midseason, and still gets a promotion from where he was before. Head coach at San Diego State, better job than head coach at Kent State. Do we agree? Yeah, yeah. I think that. Slightly. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think you can have more success there. That tells you that he that it was the right decision. And yeah, we talk so much about exposure at Colorado and the exposure that comes with coach prime. Yep. And for whatever reasons that they'll say, you know, in a press conference tomorrow or something, they believed in Sean Lewis. They saw him on well off videos. They liked his energy. They, you know, they liked his offense. His offense did average 30 points a game this year. Um, you know, there was some, communication breakdown some relationship mm. stuff um underneath it all but in the end they saw him score 50 points uh, or orchestrate or high 40 points uh against tcu mm -hmm. game that you know took the college yeah, football world yeah. by storm it was worth it for him so the next person that has this opportunity isn't saying or doesn't have someone in their corner saying well look what happened to sean lewis right right no it's huge and uh, i think that's huge for colorado so best of luck to sean lewis Absolutely. Um, and great news for Colorado. Great news. Nice to kind of have that out the way, honestly. Yeah. Be able to move on. And I think great gig. Like, uh, works out well for all parties involved. All right. Speaking of things that work out well for all parties involved. Oh, my gosh. If you're smart, Circus Sportsbook can work <laughs> out well for all go. parties involved. Um, we've told you all about Circa the Hotel which is one of the great places on this green earth uh, or blue earth. If you, if you're thinking about the water, mm, um, yeah, if you're a percentage guy, that circa, might be you know, the way you lean into um, yes. <laughs> exactly. And you're a percentages guy. So, uh, 
I love we love Circa the Hotel. We'll be there a bunch of times this off season. And also they have their own digital sports book. So you can get out there, check out Circa Sportsbook, get in on some of our bets. Yesterday we did our DraftKings pick of the week on uh the Bronco show. I gave uh-huh. out uh <clears throat> the under, the Monday night under. It's just a classic. Thirteen and one this season. It's insane. I swear it's it's lost like two in the last 34, the under. Mm-hmm. I swear I wagered on the under those two losses. Yep. So for sure. You could have gotten that at Circus Sportsbook. You can get that next week at Circus Sportsbook. Keep betting those primetime unders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's easy money, especially when someone like the Bears or the Vikings are playing. Uh, yeah. So check yeah. out Circus Sportsbook. And yeah, download the app at circusports.com. Circus Sports bets can only be made while physically located in the state of Colorado, must be 21 or older, all rights reserved. Circa Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. And look at these um, testimonials coming in. Tighten up Tony. Circa is awesome. Uh, Stadium Swim oh, from Lux yeah. Biotherapy. Circa Hotel and Sportsbook is legit. Yep. That's where I want to go. Like the first stop for me anytime I go to Vegas. I know. I have to I have to get sent out there. Yep. I just have to. All I right. gotta figure it out. So now that the Sean Lewis era is over, oh um, my gosh. another positive of it is that it happened quickly. Now that was really just a, a, a matter of time. Uh-huh. But now Colorado can get to um now Colorado can get to the next step, which is they need to hire someone because you don't have a second ad break. In oh, there. you're right. Breckenridge Distillery. Shout out Breckenridge <laughs> Distillery. Let's go, baby. Jake's value just high on display. Oh, right he's, he's the best. We love the Sean. He, man. He's going to clip this and just <laughs> send it in when he asks for a raise. Um, Breckenridge Distillery. Delicious, delicious right bourbon. Bronco spirits. It's sweet. So uh, yeah. It's got a nice punch to it. It does. It does. It's, I am the type of person who usually, if I'm doing bourbon, it's after dinner drink. Uh huh. And Breckenridge Distillery is perfect for that because it just has it really a, is. a decadent Dude, taste to it. You know, bomb. I know bourbon. Good call right there. You do. You do. You do know uh, So check out our friends over at Breckenridge Distillery. They have. Two different Broncos blends. You can put them head to head. The Ed McCaffrey blend and the Alfred Williams blend. Both delicious. Yeah. And their distillery products are available in all 50 states. Shop your local retailer or visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery of award-winning Breckenridge spirits. Apres anywhere. Apres. What the? (laughs) (laughs) What? Well, the opera is French, so it makes sense that an Italian would For whatever, do. French could never, like, Spanish is basically the same. I can be a Spanish all. French is really, a, it's like a foreign language. So opera means after. So okay. there's a big thing in the skiing community uh-huh. known as opera drinks, meaning after you go skiing, then you go for drinks. Oh, opera okay. Ski, okay. After skiing. Um, so they're saying opera anywhere. Operate everywhere. Operate, operate anytime. Gotcha, gotcha. We'll be omitting the French next time <laughs> on the show. <laughs> uh, Antes? Uh, Doppel. Yeah, okay. Doppel. 
strong taste in Spanish. Yes, um, yes, very good. An important Brian. note from Brian Howell, uh, who is tuned in right now. Thanks oh, for watching, oh. Brian. Uh, he mentioned really important, something really important. CU hasn't fired Sean Lewis. Meaning, we don't have to worry at all about offset language. Buyout time? <laughs> Give me that buyout, San Diego State. We're negotiating right now. I, Give I was, me that buyout. Show me the money. I wasn't going to go that far. But if he takes a new job without being let go, then no offset language necessary. Wow. Win-win for all parties. And what a I, time. I don't think there will be a buyout involved. Just my guess. <laughs> Uh, that'd be great. We'd take one. We would absolutely take it. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Brian. Very interesting. Okay. So what I was going to say is now the clock is immediately ticking on replacing Sean Lewis. That's and right. we can presume that Bill O'Boyle, who was kind of a package deal with him coming here, will also be a package deal with him going to San Diego State. Makes sense. And so we can assume that Colorado needs a new offensive coordinator and yep. a new offensive line coach. And that's always going to be important, but it is even more important as we enter portal season here. Yeah. Because we know that when we talk about positional value and investing assets, Colorado wants to invest on the offensive line. Rightfully so. And <clears throat> while I would probably tell a friend of mine who is an offensive lineman who is in the transfer portal you know like i wouldn't worry too much about who the coach and the coordinator who the offensive line coach and the coordinator are if right. you're gonna right. get the chance to go block for shador sanders you, i would also understand if he said no i kind of want to know what offense i'm playing in before it makes I transfer sense to me. Yeah. <clears throat> so while you don't want to rush these things i have a feeling that coach prime has a has had a plan in place for a while now like oh, yeah. we've known the writing was on the wall even if you take it as the writing's been on the wall since Sean Lewis's demotion, right? You you have to even assume that the writing has been on the wall even before that. Yes. So Coach Prime has had time to develop a plan and know where he wants to go next. And so with that in mind, the faster that this position, these positions, get filled, the better it will be from Colorado, and those guys can come in and start recruiting and yeah, big do time. all that good stuff. Right. And I mean it. Also helps explain a lot of the maybe momentum lost on the recruiting trail with some of those offensive prospects, right? Those guys were tied to the previous coaches and you want the new coaches to get in as soon as possible and really get to work and building those relationship and bring in a ton of talent to Boulder. Like that's kind of the deal. All right, Dre. So I want to do a couple things here in yes. the next segment. Um, and one of them is just look at what is currently in the portal um, because I feel like it's really easy to lose track of this stuff uh, unless you have like Twitter notifications for eight different accounts turned on. Um, obviously, it's going to pop up on your timeline anytime an offensive lineman goes into the portal because everyone says Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. Yeah. Um, but portal's just getting started uh, yes. and there's already a ton of offensive linemen who have entered it yep so um i don't know what the best way to do this but we'll just kind of go through here um number one player in the portal a four-star transfer uh-huh has an offer from colorado is someone we talked about with shane Cokes last week 
straight out of the Ivy League, Joey Slackman. Joey Slackman. Which is a sick name. It is. Um, and he is... His, like, picture name, he looks like an all-time kid who'd go to Boulder and kind of... <laughs> Get lost in the herbs for a few months. You know. Don't know him. Don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying. Are you saying just that because he has slack in his name, dude? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. If I'm being honest, if I look at him, I feel like he's going to Iowa. He's got <laughs> Iowa vibes to him. He's got Iowa vibes to him. Yeah. Um. You Six have four three hundred pounds though. You have Raymond Cottrell. Who is uh, the wide receiver from A&M. Texas A&M? Yeah. Probably one of many that are going to be entering. Yep. There are a ton of wide receivers. Uh, we don't have to go through all the wide there receivers. Are. From what I can tell, though, from this list we're looking at on 24 Sports, Slackman Cottrell, the two four-star or higher non-QBs on this list. Yep. Every other non-QB is a three-star. Correct. And, I mean, remember, we are simply days into this yes hours maybe mm -hmm. um the college football season isn't over for a large number of football programs in our country yet correct so it unfortunately, is unfortunately almost it is for premature us. yes um the next one here is let me see where this guy's coming from yes this guy also has a colorado offer uh and this is the first tackle on the board Jerquan Scott. Yeah, Southern uh, Miss kid. Southern Mississippi, offensive tackle, 6'4", 300. From Mobile, Alabama, a place we know well. I love Mobile, Alabama. Yes. Um, so there you go. Like, the, the offensive linemen start kicking in here. Um, you've got Easton Kilty yep. from North Dakota. North Dakota uh, kid, Keyshawn yes. Blackstock is a guy we've talked about on this show before. Yes. Uh, from Michigan. Michigan State. Looks like he might have committed to Arkansas already. Yep. Yep. Um, Zeke Carell Notre from Notre Dame. Dame. One of two Notre Dame names to pop and up And I don't think the second Notre Dame name has popped up on this list yet. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> and that is, you know, if, Dre, if... Jake was here. Uh huh. I would make him say this name first, so I'm gonna let you get a stab at it. Oh man, if Jake's bad at these, <laughs> trust me, I'm horrible. Aiden. Good job, good job. You're halfway there. Cananina, Nina, Cananina, Aiden, Cananina. No, I don't think that's a no. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Aiden, Kia. Naina. Oh wow, that sounds way more. Aiden Kia Naina. Okay. Uh, now he is notable. Brighton stand up because he is a Colorado product. Yes. Uh, and our guy Arden Walker, already on X.com, recruiting uh, Aiden back to Colorado. Oh, he said, "Come home, my boy." Uh, so could be. There you go. Uh, Interior defensive line, obviously a place where yeah. Colorado wants to add. Yeah, defensive tackle hasn't played a ton with the Irish. A kid who was a uh, on the verge of that four star for rivals, three star for twenty four seven, and ESPN.com, um, a top thirty defensive tackle ranked nationally. He did some stuff in spot duty this season. Obviously, that's one of the more loaded um, defensive lines in the country this year, and. Yeah, they could use all the depth 
that's available out there. Anyone 300 pounds, sign me up. <laughs> I mean, it sounds funny, but that was a huge hole on this team. Yeah, no, 100%. They desperately need a block eater. Yes. So. Uh, the run defense spoke for itself. Yeah. You need more pluggers. And I thought they actually, at times, did an admirable job stopping the run because of the bookends of the season. They were terrible in game one and they were terrible in, in game 12. Mm -hmm. We kind of forget that, like, the Nebraska game happened. And the Nebraska game came right on the heels of the TCU game. And we were like, oh, my God. All Nebraska wants to do is run the ball, and TCU ran the ball for like 250 yards or something crazy. 275, right. I think it was. Yeah. Um, then they went and shut down Nebraska. They shut down their run game. Um, there was a couple other games in there like Stanford where... Yeah, they shut down the run. They game. shut down the run, yeah. and then Stanford was like, okay, we'll just go spread in the second half, and somehow that was I know. what undid them. But And I mean, some big runs got them in the Arizona game, but I thought overall that was a better game from the run defense. You Oregon know. State, they kept that offense mm -hmm. at bay. Mm -hmm. um, so there were times where they stopped the run, but they really did need just a force in there. Uh, and it's something that will be high on the list. I think it's pretty much three to four offensive line spots are at the very top of the list of what they're yeah, going to go no after doubt about that. And then the very next spot would be interior defensive line. Yeah. They just need to get bigger. Yep. Then maybe linebacker tight end. Uh, tight end is going to be such an interesting one. Yeah. So very of all the positions, maybe the one that's most reliant on who the next OC and play caller is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because how do you use a tight end kind of key to all this? And uh, a sneaky one that could be filled by Omarion Miller is the Xavier Weaver role. You need someone to come in and fill that. And and I'm a big fan of Omarion Miller mm -hmm. um, because he showed, I mean, multiple times this season that he can do it at this level. Yeah. But... Zay had um, that instinct of just where to be. Yeah. That is so invaluable. Yeah, and sure. not something you can just like see on a piece of paper. Um, so the talent is absolutely there for Omarion Miller. Yeah. He didn't show that that ability quite yet. Now Zay is playing in the last his last year. Right. Oh, is playing in his first year. So I would love to see him jump into that. But I wouldn't be surprised if Colorado goes out and gets and, and somewhat high on the wish list. Some like 1600 yard receiver that just flashes on tape like, oh, he just finds a spot in the zone because Shador and Zay were always on the same page there. Yeah. And Shador is always going to know where the hole in the zone is. He needs you to know and go to it. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's like right behind interior offensive line is like replace Zay. That's a big one for sure. Cornerback too. I mean, there's some needs. There's some needs on this squad. There's no doubt about it. Anything else in the portal that sticks out to you so far? My only other note would be we've mentioned two Notre Dame guys. There's another defensive lineman on here. It's interesting to see the Irish being a program that's filling up and Definitely one of those programs that you would be happy to poach kind of the depth they have in the trenches. I was also seeing an Oklahoma offensive lineman on here, but I'm not finding him now. Oklahoma this year has 
two very high-end uh, starters at offensive tackle has had another one playing some um, important starter minutes. So Marcus Hicks, who who's also on this list, offensive tackle from the Sooners, um, who, you know, just based on that, Wichita, Kansas kid, I'd, uh, I'd definitely keep an eye on him as well. Just to kind of um, put an exclamation point on the point I was just making about wide receivers, we were talking about this yesterday, about Devontae Smith. And he's so good at it. Um, and it's such a safety blanket for Jalen Hurts. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think Devontae Smith and Jerry Judy as prospects were similar. Sure. There's two major differences. One is that uh, the intuitiveness yeah. of where to be. And the other one is going up and getting contested catches. Yeah. But those two things are the reason why Devontae Smith is considered like an elite receiver in the league. And Jerry Judy's so far just a guy who runs really good routes. Yeah. Competitive edge. Kind of half the deal. All right. More. Um, I'm excited for what we're going to talk about next, which is a little Jordan Seaton. Let's go. But first, a shout out to MSU Denver right here in the heart of Denver. And Dre, I was walking from. So I left the Broncos game Sunday night football against the Vikings and needed to get a ride share. Yeah. No free ads. Yes. And I was like, OK, well, Do we not. just have to get away from the stadium as far as we can. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a little bridge that you can go underneath and it pops you right out onto MSU Denver's campus. Uh-huh. So we just kept walking through the campus f- is beautiful. I hadn't been on it since I took classes at CU Denver my freshman year. Uh-huh. And the amount of stuff they have done to that campus is awesome. Like there's yeah, it's all these new age buildings and, uh, you know, all that. So. We've had people right here at DNVR go and get their education at MSU Denver. That's right. Uh, and yeah, there we go. We got to go road runners from across the from across the room. Road here. runners. Yeah. Um, so shout out to MSU Denver, a great place to get your education in a great place known as Denver. And a uh, great campus, as you mentioned, create your career and turn your dreams into reality at MSU Denver. Ninety plus majors and ten graduate programs with courses online, in person, or both. Learn more at msudenver.edu. We miss Jake, too. Don't worry. Uh, And then shout out to Hestra Job Gloves. Let's go. These are, I'm not kidding you, Dre. The best gloves I've ever owned in my life. It's not even close. Um, Must be nice. I used to be a little skier, bro. Wow. Um, And even back then, never had gloves of this quality. Yeah. Um, they're next level. They're so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I've, since I skied, they I've like had fit like, well. I've had like a bunch of gloves that I just, I'm like, ah, if I ever need these at like a game, I'll just throw these on. Yeah. I've lost them all because I don't yeah. care about them and yeah. whatever. You just throw them somewhere and forget about them. Not my Hester jobs, man. I have a specific drawer for them because I, so anytime I need them. I know exactly where they are. That, that's how you know I like something if I yep. give it a specific place in the house yep. to be stored. No, that's the thing. I always have like pairs of gloves in all my pockets, and then I end up using whatever knit glove while I'm doing some sort of work, and I yeah. ruin them, and it's just ridiculous. Hestra gloves got you taken care of. Visit www.hestrajob.us and use our code DMVRJOB to get 30% off your next purchase. And anyone looking 
To supply with their team with high-quality work gloves at a bulk rate, can email Josh Jacobson at josh at hestrausa.com. Check them out. Use that code DMVRJOB. And Minister Philly says Devontae Smith was the Heisman, though, a little better than Judy. For sure. For sure. Not Would not make that argument, any right. argument against that. No, but, but those are the things that separate things, them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and also, Sark did an unreal job with Devontae Smith his final season. Yeah, that whole scheme was insane. It was so that fun whole to watch. offense was bananas. Okay, so Dre. Yeah. For reasons, I asked you to check out a little Jordan Seaton film. Yep. Um, if you don't know Dre, you should know that his start at this company long before it was even known at DNVR as DNVR. That's true was writing film rooms, um, breaking down film of prospects, breaking down film of CSU players, CU players, and putting together breakdowns of what he saw. So I talked to Dre and thought it would be a fun topic today to have him watch a little bit of Jordan Seaton and let him let us know uh, what he thinks. Obviously, Jordan Seaton, number one offensive tackle in the country, uncommitted. And I'll just say I, I feel very good about Colorado's chances to land him. So that's why I told Dre, let's talk a little Jordan Seaton. By far the highest rated O-lineman they have under their kind of considering list. Now that might get updated with a new offensive staff or what have you. There's no, you couldn't possibly have a higher offensive. No, you couldn't. (laughs) But um, he at 6'5", 310 pounds, he's playing at IMG Academy out in Florida. (laughs) His highlights were just mesmerizing. Um, to watch a guy that size. Now, he already possesses length and strength that make him a high-end offensive tackle prospect, not just at the Power 5 level, not just at the Division One college football level, but even as an NFL prospect. I mean, there are like, you can count fewer guys on two hands that are draft eligible currently in college football that possess his type of length and strength. Wow. The, I mean, and these are like traits where like I, we can go through my list of top offensive tackles going into the draft next season. They're like four who you actually feel can play left tackle. He's one of those guys who plausibly feels like he could do that because of his length and strength. Then you see the athleticism. The athleticism is otherworldly, mind-blowing, special prospect type level. And when you watch cornerbacks, O-linemen, linebackers, athleticism is quantified in three ways, really. How you move backwards, how you move side to side. So, you know, that lateral agility, mm-hmm. that sidestep on an offensive tackle, that's key. And how you move down downhill coming forward. And you see that from Seton when he's moving on, like, poles or what have you. And he's, like, outrunning his running backs. I mean, I couldn't imagine being a high school player going up against IMG Academy and then having to like Rush. try to block this guy as he's coming downhill on the move. It's sick, honestly. His athleticism is really what makes him special and kind of like mind-blowing. On top of that, he's got super violent hands, and he's got this competitive edge to him where he wants to finish guys, he wants to compete. He wants right? It's what you just highlighted about Devontae Smith. And as a bonus, you can see him like changing calls at the line, stuff like that. There's a high IQ. Um, there's stuff you're going to have to refine. We're talking about an 18-year-old who's yeah. still growing into his body. 
you know, I'd love to see him be a little more surgical in how he blocks and gets his hands on guys, gets a hat on someone at the second level when he moves. There's going to be some technique stuff to be cleaned up and pass pro or what have you. But the upside is truly crazy. Um, and, you know, I'm watching these highlights. I've got my analytical hat on, right? What really struck me after watching the highlight was thinking, holy shit, am I really thinking that a player like this would be coming to Boulder to play college football for the <laughs> Buffs? Are we serious? This is a guy who should be going to Georgia, should be going to Alabama, should be, Ohio used State. Should be? in how I perceive college football and have throughout most of my life, yeah. that's where you see this guy going. Yep. Because, you know, as much as CU fans feel like, oh, our O-line isn't up to snuff, there's Alabama fans that have been saying yeah. that for the last four or five years. Yeah. I mean, watch some Bryce Young Alabama highlights and see how much he had to do in lieu of some really poor pass pro throughout his final couple of years with the Tide. Seton's just special. I mean, he's a, you don't see guys like this all that often. He's a, he already checks off boxes that a lot of these draft prospects don't check off for. The upside's just crazy, man. The talent is crazy. Do you have any comps that you think of when you watch him? Um, there's some Evan Neal, Alabama's left tackle, went top 10, I think, to the Giants. Yeah. Seton just shows a smidge more athleticism. So you're... Especially coming down. But he's like, he's one of these wide-hipped, longer, tall, got the strength, got the athleticism. So you're, you're saying, on current projections, a future top 10 pick. Hmm. It's that kind of premier position, that yeah. kind of like rare talent. Now, as 100%. we know, things always happen. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's almost impossible to hit at a high rate projecting where high totally. school players will be taken totally. in the NFL draft. But I just wanted people to kind of understand who this guy is. Last question I have for you on it, or maybe last question I sure, have for you sure. on Based on what you're saying, I'm hearing power five ready today. Meaning oh, not yeah. going to need oh. a lot of these guys need a little seasoning, a yes, 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 little yes. time, you know, ready. Day one starter could play left tackle for you tomorrow. I'm sure that's part of the appeal for Colorado yeah. as one of the options he's considering is, wow, this is really a place where I could start all three years at left tackle. There's no like, oh, you'll get some spot duty as the right guard year one. And then we might groom right. you as the starting right tackle by your sophomore year. Maybe. By the time you're a junior, you could have that left tackle starting job. This is a, you know, but I mean, his athleticism would play anywhere on the field at the college level. And I mean, I, I think he'd be an upgrade at tackle within the first year for you as a buff. I love it, man. Like there's some seasoning that's going to be required, but he can get there pretty quickly. The dude is... The number one player available at the number one position of need for Colorado. They, this is their guy. This is their guy. Uh, they're going after him with everything they have. Yeah. As I was processing this in my head, what I had just watched, I was kind of freaking out <laughs> that this could even happen. And in fact, I'm not even, this is one of those guys. And I'm sure people in the chat can, uh, 
certainly identify this. This is a guy who I don't even care if he announces. I'm not going to let myself dream that this is a thing until I've seen. Signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt about Boo Carter. Because he's <laughs> just like too good. Yeah. And I think that is um, such a great perspective on where we are as a program. Um, someone, some idiot in my mentions that I shouldn't even, I, I don't even know who, what their name is, but I literally just Good. saw it pop up on my top thing. Said, <laughs> there's no difference between year one coach prime and year one McIntyre. And it's just so far off because of things like this, because of things like this. What? I know. I know. I, know. Uh, I, I mean, like these are the things like I just see in my, one, I, I have to see this shit every day. One factor that makes you think they're comparable through 12 calendar month that's insane they're just looking at wins we oh oh but I, I, oh based on record oh okay i'm saying they're saying <laughs> I mean, not based fine. on record they're saying based on everything but they're only <laughs> basing it off of one thing insane. which is record and that's the point is like this program would have never even been on a graphic next to jordan seaton when the whole graphic oh, is just logos no, like top 45 not at all. Um, it made me in think, recent years. It made me think of Ryan Miller, is what it made I, me. I don't want. To I know we shouldn't even bring him up. He did come through though in the same class as Nate Solder. Nate Solder, great offensive tackle. Yeah, first rounder, all timer. Won many uh, Super Bowls with Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean you got Nate Solder and David Bakhtiari both out of Colorado. Damn straight. Um, Ryan Miller is a Colorado kid though. Yeah, he's a Buena Vista, I believe. I think that's Nate Solder. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ryan uh, Miller. Ryan Miller, Columbine. Columbine, there you go. Columbine. That's different. Columbine. That's different than it going into different. IMG in different. Florida. It's insane. And being in the mix for Jordan Seaton. So uh, they're going to... And a guy that's that good, everyone in the... Like, he might as well be the top quarterback prospect in the country. Mm -hmm. Like, those are guys who are so hard and so rare to find. Everyone's in. Yeah, there's not one team in the country who'd be like, "Oh, sorry, Jordan, we're we're all filled up." And that's the challenge here. Is uh, Colorado obviously loves him? Yeah, and he really, really likes Colorado. He didn't visit, did he? He di he has visited. Okay. Um, ESPN is such trash. But it's gonna be a battle to the end uh, to get a Jordan Seaton. Like it's oh. always going to be oh with this caliber God. of player, because. It's uh, program changing to have a, a, a three-year, I, I won't even say four-year, three-year top-line starter at tackle. It is program changing. Yeah, It is. That's yep. exactly right. And it's rare in a sport like football you can say that about an individual. And you really can only say a bit about quarterbacks and a few other positions, but he... I mean, yeah, I, I, I won't get too caught up in the superlatives because I could do more and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, there was one other thing you wanted to talk about today. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of perfect for the news today. It is perfect for the news today because obviously Sean Lewis is expected to be the next head coach at San Diego State. I always feel like I'm in like a lawsuit when I say things like this, like allegedly right, he's going right, to be right. the next head coach at San Diego State. Reportedly, yeah, once yeah. they give us the buyout, we can accept. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Colorado's twisting the wrench. Um, I, uh, so yeah, um, there's a vacancy at OC, something we've known was coming. Yeah. And you want to talk about the style of offense and the options that Colorado has for what they can put with Shador Sanders. Well, you just love ball. You love talk and play callers. I do. And I, you know, Byron Letwich is the one name that I have heard bandied about. Um, that feels like a very pro style type of offense. Now, pro style doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, Jim Harbaugh got the coach from his old Michigan coach. And like, will you be using a fullback? Will you be using two tight ends? That guy, that doesn't mean pro style. Pro style as Letwich was running it Leftwich. with Leftwich with Tom Brady and the Bucks when he became like one of the hottest offensive coordinators and play callers in all football. Tom Brady's best statistical season. Which is insane. Yes. That's a lot of three wide receiver sets. Other than, sorry, other than the Randy Moss here. Oh, right. The undefeated. And I think there's a couple. Lost in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think there's a couple numbers in there where he still was better, like completion percentage or something like that. That's crazy. I guess I didn't realize he was that spectacular. Yep. That receiving core he had with the Bucks was pretty good. Um, And, you know, so more of a conventional pro-style offense that's going to have more pro-concepts like a left, which could have. Or something that's more like what we saw from Sean Lewis and what got us excited about Sean Lewis this past season. And I think would be a little more typical for the Big 12 Conference. And, you know, based on Shadur, based on maybe some of the offensive line growing pains you still have to go through. Some of the wide receivers and running backs you do have at present, your pros and cons for uh, one versus the other. I think stylistically, we both lean towards more of that air raid spread college offense. Yeah. There's just one thing. That is what Sean Lewis was brought here to do. Yeah. And I... We talked about this a little bit yesterday, Jake and I. Be, it's not because of, of a lack of athleticism by any stretch of the mind. Shador Sanders hit like 21 miles per hour uh, rushing for a touchdown this year. Yeah. But I think for a lack of willingness to put Shador in harm's way, for good reason. Yeah. I mean, limiting hits, honestly. Yes. He was already taking enough hits behind yeah. the line of scrimmage. You yeah. didn't want to add hits to him in front of the line of scrimmage. Right. They had to pull the reins back a little bit. And so the RPO um, spread, like one of Sean Lewis's favorite things is that triple option to the flat. Yeah. Uh, They didn't run that because they didn't want to expose Shador very much. So when I think of that and I put that in my Mm. mind, and then I think of the fact that it's no secret (laughs) that one of Coach Prime's goals is to best prepare Shador Sanders to play in the NFL. Yeah. Which is a totally fair and understandable goal. Yep. Uh, I might lean more towards that pro-style system. Yes. That being said, I would be shocked if you saw Shador Sanders under center more than 15% yeah. of plays. And that even under feels Under center high. in college is just like something we don't even do. And 
pro style in college maybe becomes more, and you've referenced Sark already, more of that like power spread is what we've become more accustomed to calling it, which to me is not that different from what they run in the NFL. It's a lot of 11 personnel that we can kind of run anything out of. Right? Mm -hmm. Still got our back. We got our tight end. We're going to, we're going to lean on the run. That's the power and the power spread. But it's, you know, it's still shotgun. It's going to look a little more spread out. But essentially, we've kind of married the two in like a healthy compromise. And that's what I was going to say is for the first time maybe in my life, offenses are looking more and more and more the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, it like reminds me of that weird viral video of like what people are going to look like in like like 2095 wow what an amazing <laughs> analogy Holy, that's it's exactly like there's so what's much cross-pollination oh my god that all of the offenses have started to look pretty yes. similar um and i, mean, I think kind of at all levels too yeah like it was remember when like sean mcveigh was put his own spin on the west yes, coast and it was yes. like this is revolutionary right now everyone does that stuff. Yeah. Um, you've got Kyle Shanahan doing his way in San Francisco and Mike McDaniel doing something similar in Miami. Right, right. But the thing is, everyone, when they hire a new offensive coordinator, is like, hey, we want our thing to look like their thing. Or it's like Andy Reid. Like when the Broncos hired Pat Shermer, it was like, well, he's off the Andy Reid tree and right. we need to look more like Andy Reid. Right. Um, now they missed on some things when they went through that thought process correct but the point is whoever had the best offense the year before everyone is telling their coach we want our offense to look more it's like this and so yeah. you're getting concepts from the west coast brought in concepts from you know the spread concepts from everything yeah and then it's all mixing together and the good ones are doing it all yeah 100 percent. and i mean the the pros to the to the more pro style is I think that's replicable in all situations against all defenses more consistently. And if you're running that kind of system in a two minute drive, you're going to feel like you might have a better chance of actually scoring that touchdown in a key game. The spread stuff might feel a little more fluky, but if you have a quarterback who maybe wants to run more, may open more things up for you. Mm -hmm. Um, it also allows you to lean into some strengths with while ignoring some deficiencies, which with a quarterback like Shadur, you don't necessarily want to do because he's so well-rounded, because he can do so many things and open up the playbook for you. And I brought him up yesterday, uh, but it just got brought up again. Brennan Marion. Now, Brennan Marion was considered a candidate for the SDSU job, uh, which is now going to Sean Lewis, we presume. He is also interviewing to replace uh, Jeff Lebby, was his name? Uh-huh. Who went from Oklahoma to Mississippi State? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's Lebby, but if okay. I think it's Lebby, I'm probably it's probably Lebby. Yeah. Um, so he's a candidate to become the Oklahoma offensive coordinator for, you Venables. know, Dylan Ga Gabriel and Venables and all that. Um, Venables. What a I think that joke. he should be high on Colorado's list. Um, look what UNLV has done this year is awesome yes and it's it's kind of what I talked about of the marriage of a bunch of different concepts and offenses right. into what he calls the go-go offense um, 
that has been incredibly successful at this level and excites me, but it's certainly, I, I don't, I wouldn't use this word, but I think some people would use this word more gimmicky uh, than what you're talking about with a pro style offense that we would expect under left, which really quick, Tom Brady in year 21. Wow. Under Byron Leftwich, 5,316 yards and 43 <laughs> touchdowns. Insane. It's truly insane. Insane. Are you doing the thing where you're going really long because I'm on the pod? Are you are we, doing this again? Are we going long right now? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just making sure. Yeah, we have the hour all right. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I think we more seconds. We love talking ball too. I was just gonna say. I I, I was gonna say it's not even scheme. Definitely important. The other factor we haven't even touched on is how can all these guys recruit? How do they fit what what Prime's looking for as a recruiter? Totally. You know. Uh, and and who do they want as an offensive line coach yeah. and all of that? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it all exactly. kind of plays into it. Um, there's also rumors out there that Leftwich could be uh, considered for. Matt Canada's position as the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't do it, Byron. Don't do it. If you know what's right for you, don't do it. If I were them, I might consider hiring Brennan Marion. He's the only one who made Kenny Pickett good. Right, the Kenny Whisperer, yes. (laughs) Being the Steelers OC might be more painful for Leftwich than that drive he did at Marshall on one leg <laughs> where his O-lineman carried him. That's a reference for those of you who get that. Yeah. That's a that's, that's a great reference. Callback. Um all right. This is great. I you know what? I realized <laughs> not to derail us even further. Jake has a skill of knowing what time it is. He does. I don't possess that skill. Maybe checks a watch. When I was the host of the Broncos podcast full time before we were doing live shows with the studio we would be guilty of sometimes doing three hour podcasts insanity (laughs) but there's no producer so you know yeah it was just us hanging out talking just the boys talking ball and then we used to answer every question that came in (laughs) and at one point the questions we would get like 50 questions all on the website and we would just read them all and it would take three hours Um, so good on jake for knowing what time it is yeah he knows what time it is and if you want to know what time it is, but you don't want to hurt your eyes by looking at the sun, you need Let's your Shady go. Rays on. Let's go. Uh, shout out to our friends over at Shady Rays. Uh, I am going to the Colorado women's basketball game tonight oh. with my boy, Uncle Neely. Um, oh. I might just rock some Shady Rays just, just to kind of pop off, you know? Hell yeah. Uh, in the stadium. Like, I'm seeing people do this. All over the NBA. Uh-huh. Um, I think I'm, I might do that tonight. Oh, my gosh. Might be a Shady Rays inside type of guy. Oh, wow. That's very Colorado of you. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Shady Rays. Honestly, styles for everyone. Men, women, big forehead, small forehead, big Hell face, yeah. small face. Hell, yeah. They've got it all. Well, I knows, narrow nose. They've got you, it all. You got a promo code for the people? For our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code DMVR for 50% off. Two plus pairs, polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over quarter million people. All right, Dre. <laughs> 
tomorrow. <laughs> what a guy. So tonight I'm going to Colorado women's basketball. What a guy. Tomorrow I'm trying to go to Colorado men's basketball. Dang. But they are playing in the godforsaken town known as Fort Collins. Showdown time. Um, I have arranged uh, a ride on horseback. Oh my. Because I think that's the only way you can get there. <laughs> that's not true. Um, but <laughs> actually incorrect. I'm trying to get up there. Problem is, credit to them, the, their little arena is sold out. Um, so I'm going to have to use game time to get in the Let's game. Let's go. So shout game out to game time. Um, you can use game time too. It is the single best way to get into events that are sold out. Or honestly, if you're just looking for a ticket last minute, the best way to do it is game time because the tickets usually drop yeah, significantly yeah. over time. Uh, so you can get great prices to get into your favorite events. Game time is the best, man. And when you use the code. You know, you surprised me. I thought that the last one might have been the last rebound. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app. Use our code DMBR as you create an account for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. There you go. Also, a shout out to Illegal Pete's. Our favorite spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Hell yeah. I might need some Illegal Pete's tonight before the game. Oh, that, that actually to, sounds lovely. That might need to be arranged. The girls would love nothing more than for me to bring some Pete's home. Really? It's a long commute, though. I should find a Pete's closer to home. Oh, there's a lot. Just like 30 yeah. minutes in the car. That's you need one of those like uh, pizza bags that keeps everything hot. <laughs> I do. I do. So That cool. would be a... Kate, if you're listening, that's a great Christmas gift. That's really a <laughs> gift for you, but it looks like a gift for him. It's true. I do. I do be taking out food a lot for the yeah. family. So. so then you just load it up into the bag and... It's a great idea. Keeps it hot. Some reverse nachos sound amazing right now. Oh, reverse nachos. If I get reverse nachos and I've forgotten the little potatoes, I want to do horrible things to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what the people have to say today. Let's uh, go. Shout out to all the haters who pump up our numbers. 30,000 views on yesterday's show. Wow. Way to go, haters. All right. And we thank all the haters. haters for that. Right? We also love. Okay. The lovers. Good. Way to go, <laughs> lovers. Good job. From the one and only Montel Jordan. Uh, who are some of the coaches and candidates for the offensive line? It's hard to say because yeah, just like it was with Sean Lewis, oftentimes your offensive coordinator has a preferred offensive line coach. Yeah. Um, for no other reason than everyone teaches how to block the run differently. Um, for the most part, mm -hmm. obviously there's different things you can do in pass blocking. Um, but a lot of times it's, Hey, are you a zone? Are you, yeah. you know, a gap? Like yeah. how do you want to run the ball? You want a coach who goes with it. Do with we that just being said, RPO look every play and basically just run block with that being said, coach prime sometimes tunes into this show. So I'm going to say it as much as I can, just in case you might hear me one day, Mike Munchak lives in Colorado. Oh, and does man. not have a job. Oh, man. That would be such a... I mean, that's the thing. I'm thinking, like, for Coach Prime, he could call up Dante Skarnecki and be like, come out of retirement. You had a great run with the Pats. Let's do it with Shador. What about... Is there a Byron Leftwich, Mike Munchek, Pittsburgh Steelers overlap? 
Maybe. Yes, there might be. There okay, might I think be. we We're might have actually. Say there might be. I actually don't think there is. I think I okay. might have looked into this and realized it wasn't. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds good. Yeah, they don't um, overlap, but it sounds great. Munchak in Boulder. Not in Boulder, but. Oh, not in Boulder. In this area. Denver Metro. Yep. Which Boulder counts as. And he doesn't want to leave. Like, I guarantee you he got offered NFL jobs. Well, that guy's getting offers probably every other month. But he wants to live in Colorado. There's only a few a jobs stud. that are available in Colorado. Honestly, like us. Yep. Wait, what about a Pat Shermer Mike Munchak overlap? With the Broncos? Yeah. Yes. Yes? I think so. Okay. All I'm right. going to say yes. All right. Well, I know for a fact if that's a possibility, if that happened, I know Shermer is yeah. bringing that one up. Uh, so there Our we go. Our bag is so deep. We've talked. McIntyre, Hawkins, Shermer, Leftwich. Hawkins wasn't brought up, but when you talk Ryan, Ryan Miller, Miller in that <laughs> recruiting class, I feel like he's uh, he's been spoken about. Yep. Skarnecchia? Come on. We got a Skarnecchia reference in yeah, there? Yeah, I referenced Skarnecchia. Okay. All right. Because uh, Coach Prime, his, his greatness knows no bounds. He could call up the greatest offensive line coach of all time, and Dante might just be in. I always say Coach Prime's network is everyone. That's right. All right, uh, from Hamdog34, Sean Lewis to San Diego State was in the works weeks ago. Reminded me of when Saban had to demote Lane Kiffin. His focus was elsewhere. Uh. I think there was a mutual parting of ways without a mutual parting of ways, if you know what I mean. It's like, okay, this isn't working. Feel free to go start um, pursuing other opportunities. We're going to have Pat Shermer. It was the trial separation period. Yeah, exactly. It was a trial period of being separated. It's not <laughs> going to be very pleasant. You rarely hear about a couple that goes on a break and gets back together. That's right. That's right. Or at least for a long time. Right. Um, right. All right. Next one from Be More. DNVR Buffs Live. Make my day. Sco Buffs. You make our Let's day, Be More. Be More. My guy. From Eric. RK and Andre, can players who enter the portal go on OVs? They sure can. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, yes, it, yes, it is. And Get them to Boulder. It's going to be great. Today is such a gorgeous day, guys. I can't even tell you. I'll November never 28th. Gorgeous. Yep. I'll never forget the feeling I had during the first transfer visit weekend of the Coach Prime era. Like, there's Lambos in the practice facility. And you've got like Taj Alston committing, and it was just like, oh my God, we're back. Indeed, they were, Ryan. Indeed, they were. Uh, Chris says, RK, will CP have a final press conference this week? I was told no. I was also told that he used to. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily a coach prime call or just uh, the school said, no, you're good. Comms department's had a busy season. They're ready for some. <laughs> Probably the busiest season of their lives. Yeah, that lady in the ticketing office, she would like for you to give her space No, back. that's not where they do the Coach Prime press conferences, thank God. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on. I um, love that corner. So it doesn't sound like it, and we haven't gotten any uh, communication that would suggest otherwise. There you go. All right, from Mountain Aesthetic, who takes the leap next year as a sophomore to fill... One of these mini holes, it could come from anywhere. 
I mean, that year one to year two in college jump can be huge. Yeah. Um, and a lot of a lot of times guys burst on the scene and just like, we were like, where did this guy come from? Right. Um, I don't remember if it was his second year, but remember Jarek Broussard? Oh, I think it was actually. I think it was too. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, Jarek Broussard, like he's just a, an afterthought in a recruiting class. Maybe not an afterthought, but he wasn't the headliner. No, no. Right. He was kind of middle of the road in that class. Like, oh, okay. He's injured. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah. comes out there with a knee brace on, carving up every Pac-12 defense on the ground. I mean, Phil Lindsay's breakout isn't that different either. Exactly. So, yeah. it could be anyone. Um, I really do like Morgan Pearson. Um, Jaden Milliner Jones is a guy who played quite a bit at the end of the season, thirty-one mm-hmm. on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I loved what I saw from him. Um, I think you could see a big jump from Carter Stoutmeyer. Coop. I told you guys at the uh, when we saw the scrimmage that uh, oh god Assad Wasim was the favorite wide receiver of the scout team. So like, there's one which just like uh, you hadn't thought about him in a while. All of a sudden, right. they're like, this right. guy's going crazy in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of places it could come from. That's a good point. Next one from Maya. What position does Tyler Brown play? I just know he's on the O-line. He was playing left guard yeah. um, when he was in there. And so I would assume that's where they keep him. Yeah. Um, but he can play a One few of the positions. guard spots. Yep. Mm-hmm. Van Wells, you presume, is back? Yes, I would. We just don't know what injury he suffered Yeah. Um, on Saturday against Utah. Just fingers crossed it wasn't anything serious. Mm-hmm. I will say, Hank Zelinskis played twice this year. When Van Wells went out against CSU and when Van Wells went out against Utah. The kid was nails both times. That was a pretty good offensive games. And it, the best offense happened with him in there. Yeah. I think. I can't remember when Van went out. Um, but for a true freshman to have to fill in twice at center, not easy. Yeah. I think Van might have missed the game after. Did he miss USC too? Oh shit! I think he actually did. Forty points, forty plus points. Well, there you go. You've got some competition. So you might, you might have something there. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. What's next? Hugh Douglas for OC. You have to look into him a little more. Um, if you want to pull him up. Yeah. And then next one from Big TZ. You think Coach Prime would allow an offensive coordinator to bring his own staff? Coach Prime also used to call plays. I think own staff is a lot. Um, but I think Coach Prime would absolutely hear out a offensive coordinator who you know, loves a certain tight ends coach or loves uh, even like a running backs coach. Like mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, he's not going to say here's the job, go away. Right, it's a collaborative yes. thing. Yes. Um, Hugh Douglas, of course, is the former Eagles D lineman, but I'm struggling to find stuff on him um, <laughs> as an offensive as coordinator. a coach. Yeah, <laughs> might have, an OC. maybe it's someone else. Yeah, it could be. Uh, next one. Oh, Hugh Jackson. Okay, that makes a lot Hugh more sense. Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification, Ham Dog. How would you feel about Hugh Jackson? 
arguably one of the worst NFL head coaches <laughs> in league history. Oh, man, I would have to look into that. Obviously, he's remembered for the dysfunction that was That's the Cleveland right. Browns when he was there. So I don't know en enough about him as purely an offensive coordinator. Yeah, he was a hot name for a second prior to that, but I'm struggling to remember all he'd accomplished beyond like an interim head coach phase with the Raiders, which like who hasn't been an interim head coach for mm. the Raiders? It's a pretty long list. I know. Alyssa, she interimed for him a couple of weekends ago. It was a fun, fun uh, gals weekend she did. Was that the... <laughs> she had Aiden O'Connell cooking. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I think that's all we have today. Uh, we have run long. It is my fault. We've done it. A um, couple things went wrong today. All my fault. No. I take, yeah, I take full responsibility. No, come on. Uh, you know, as the leader here, I have to just starts and ends with me. Leaders lead. What a dog. All right. <laughs> Jake will be back tomorrow. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, and hit that thumbs up on your way out. Yes. We'll talk to you then. Let's go Buffs. <laughs> Like the mayor.